ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. We got a beautiful little show for y'all today. Welcome back. Hopefully everybody's safe out there. Know that you are loved. Know that somebody gives a shit. I know that the world's cold out there, but shout out to um, Daniel D. Caesar. Let it ride. Let me come in me. Copper flight to Paris, low key. It's you, baby girl, I'm trying to breathe. Please, baby, try and understand me. I am not a monster, I'm just a man with knees. I take flights when I learn it's time to go. Trying to take time back, crossing timings on come. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, fam. Welcome back. Got a treat for y'all. Got a treat for y'all, man. You're in for a little treat. Hopefully everyone's cool, safe, sound, cool, calm, collected, at peace, and moving with purpose out there. I got a special guest here today on this beautiful Sunday. He's waiting here patiently, waiting in the wings. When we go back, we go way back, way back. And I'm just thankful that he was able to make the time out of his busy schedule. Um, Spend a little time with an old childhood friend. We go way back that far. That damn far. <laughs> we got stories. Um, I'm telling you. Who's that Pokemon? We got Tyler. My brother Tyler. T-Rob. Tyler Robbins. What's happening, brother? Going on. Man. You know, just getting back from a nice little weekend trip. How was it? Where were we? Nashville. You know, it was good. Nashville. Uh, you seem to frequent Nashville. Yeah, I mean, it's close. I know, right? It's close. You know, four hours. Nice, easy trip. <laughs> Yo, man, that's close. I mean, that, that's that's 20 miles for you. That's what I'm talking about. I'm like, yeah, that's very close. <laughs> you know what's amazing is you can go four hours anywhere else in America and get someplace. <laughs> California's yeah. massive. It's like the size of a bunch of countries packed into a rectangular shape. Well, in L.A., you can go four hours and get to the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that's true. That's very true. You're familiar. That's how it is. Man, so what do you do when you stay in Nashville, man? Um, you find a little chateau or somewhere in the Smokies, the Smoky Mountains? Like, what do you do? Nah, man, the homie's got a, he's got a house down there. He lives in Cincinnati, so, uh, you know, he doesn't use it very much. I'm good on there to stay at his place and... Man, it's just uh, it's just a different environment. Um, again, Nashville is like LA. Nobody nobody who lives in Nashville is from Nashville. You know oh, I mean? for so real? You get, you get a you get an eclectic uh, group of people down there, and uh, man, it's, the bar scene's good. The restaurants are good. The shopping is way better than Cincinnati. I mean, how Cincinnati is? It's Cincinnati. Man, do I? I haven't been back <laughs> that <laughs> that direction <laughs> in like eons. Shoot, it's um. I wouldn't even know what the uh, shopping situation's like. Like, I'm old school. I'm, I'm thinking the Kenwood Mall. Yeah, and, man, you got and it. stuff. That's about it. Oh, for real? You know, I, I told you, I live downtown now, and it's like, there's not there's not even anything down here. Like, you, you think there'd be something? You live downtown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. OTR. You remember back in the day that the places we wouldn't go, that's where I live now. Yo, see, all right. <laughs> see, that's what's crazy, bro. 
Your white ass is an over the over the Rhine. <laughs> over the Rhine. Now, all right, listeners, audio listeners, visual watchers. That sounds weird. Anyhow, uh, back in the day when we were kids, over the Rhine was not a place to go for anyone, no. really, unless you no. were from over the Rhine. You know, like if you were white, I remember when um, Timothy Thomas was his name. Rest in power, brother. Um, yep. He was killed by the police and that sort of thing. He was trying to get away or something and shit went horribly left and went afoul. Um, white people couldn't go down there at all. Like They couldn't get off at 13th and Liberty for fear of getting a brick tossed through the car um, and that sort of thing, like getting the car pelted. And then, hell, I remember my aunt, Alani, used to um, live down there in that area. And... Uh, we, we you know, we would get dropped off down there and hang out just for a few hours with her and her uh, boyfriend. And when you would stop at a stop sign or a red light, they would just start to creep towards your vehicle like zombies. Like, it was a really sad situation. You know, a lot of poor people, you know, a lot of poverty rampant in that particular part. So much so that the world actually knows about Over the Rhine in particular as a neighborhood. Similar to, like, Gary in Indiana, how it's such a small place, but there's so much pain and suffering there was. But then gentrification happens, and you have this. A lovely, loft, a humble abode, and over the Rhine with bars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the historic buildings down here are gorgeous. So, I mean, it's great somebody did something with them. Um, mm-hmm. So I just let, let them go to waste. But, you know, at the same time, you know, the gentrification is hard on, hard on everyone as well. Um, but it's funny you bring that up. It's I was talking to I was talking to my dude Wax about this the other day, and uh, we've come to the conclusion that Cincinnati is probably the most um, bougie, non-gentrified city in the country. I mean, it's I mean you go a block and it changes, and then that kind of comes right back. So, um, how much did they really gentrify, and how much really changed is mm. is the question. Yeah. So, like you're saying, like this is more specifically like a targeted development where it was like, we just had our eyes on over the Rhine. We weren't trying to change the whole neighborhood, but just this here strip. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, you go up, um, you go up Vine or Maine or Walnut and it's great or even Elm, but then you go North of Liberty or you go a little further East, a few blocks and, and things change. I mean, I think in one night or uh, maybe like three or four weeks ago, there were between Clifton and, and that area of OTR, there are like 18 shootings. That's quite a bit. They were on a... 18, 18 shot. Okay. 18 of them got pelted. Man. Yeah, 18 shot. I mean, I don't know how many shootings. I should, should phrase that properly. Well, those... um, Well, if you think about it, what happens when white flight... Ha- well, when gentrification happens is there's displacement, right? That's where... Right. So the gentrification did happen and does happen. And I think that that's what gentrification really is. Um, to what extent it is, is the extent that you know like it is i guess where they're still there but they're just in that surrounding area now like they're right where they were displaced because they really a lot of them i mean they can't afford to really move but just you know slide out of the way more so you know what i'm saying right so the um the the periphery and and those people know the streets down here and that's 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 what they do and, and more power to them you know like you're, you're you can you're a product of your upbringing to an extent right and and or at least your environment um so for them to to continue to 
even though they were they were they had a slide aside for them to even work their way back. You know, it's still it's still their neighborhood. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody should take that away from them. Um, it's not any. I mean, it's more safe now than obviously we were talking about earlier. Um, but still, at the end of the day, it's 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 still their neighborhood. And I tell you, uh, I frequent one bar a lot. Um, probably more than I should. Uh, but, <laughs> but I've met so many, I've met so many people who, who were born and raised in the area, um, mm. just sitting outside having, having, uh, having a little drink, um, for, for an hour or two. Uh, they, they see me, you know, a few days a week and we stop and have conversations. Now they're stopping to having drinks with me we're hooping and, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think it's good. I think it's good for everybody. I mean, it shows that, that you can mesh in environments that you never thought you'd be able to mesh in. That's dope. Yeah, like that is important. I mean, that's a part of the problem, right? No one's interacting with anybody, so no one understands anyone. Everyone's a stranger. No one's familiar, and right. so and so there's beef because there's misunderstanding, right? And there's no empathy because there's no familiarity. I don't know you. I don't have a reason to give a shit about you. You're not my tribe. You're not a part of my team. Here right. we go. Red team versus blue team. Yeah. Per yeah, I man, I, I walked all over down here. I do every day. You know, I walk my dogs and. I've never felt fearful about anything. Mm. Um, I'm always comfortable. Everybody's always nice. Like, man, the thing is, like, if you exude good vibes and happiness, like, people pick up on that, and, and you know, that's it, man. Like, they start feeling it, like, all right, this dude's cool. Like, he's not here for nothing other than, other than you know, to kick it with us. He's just so, trying to walk his dog, man. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> it, man. Like, I invite myself to people having barbecues all the time when I walk by. I'm like, I'll be back for dinner. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, come on back. You know, that's what I always get. Come on back. Because, you know, they have all downtown smelling good. You smell the charcoal grills on every block. <laughs> Me and Tyler grew up in Kentucky, y'all. If you can't tell with my southern lilt, his southern lilt. <laughs> Yo, Tyler, check this out. I didn't know I had a southern lilt until someone who was not southern um, I was in New York. I was in upstate New York when I went to school at Syracuse. My professor, um, Evan Smith, shout out to my comedy writing, Professor Evan Smith. Uh, he said I had a southern lilt. And I was like, what? <laughs> sir, what is a lilt? I felt like uh, the judge and my cousin Vinny. Uh, sir, what is a ute? <laughs> to Joe well, you know, it's funny, man. Like, I don't think I do either, but... Um... I get it all the time. Yeah. You know, people, people from like, people like from Cincinnati, like, man, where are you from? Like, what do you mean? Where am I from? Like, I hear that twang in your voice. Like you don't hear anything. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey man, it's, you, hey, if you bring that here, it, it's, um, exotic. Yeah. But it's like when I went to Mexico, I was about the most exotic thing walking the streets. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, if y'all can't tell, I got red hair. Um, reddish. You we'll go with reddish. Canelo, a red beard, nice red beard. Canelo man, it's like, man, I, I've never felt, I've never felt so different in my life because you know, fifteen people on the street, all fifteen people pointing at me, like, oh. look, we've never seen that before. <laughs> gringo, but, gringo. Yeah, like, like red. What is that? Yeah. But it's great. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's just, it's pushing the comfort zone a little bit and letting everybody know that, hey, we're just here to have a conversation. Hey. Tyler walking the streets like, man, yeah, we out here. That's right. Red beard, red hair, not giving a fuck. Yep, that's right. We out here. Pull up, fam. Yeah, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Let's play some ball, man. Like, what's up? What's up? 
Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I always got to, I always got the shoes and the shorts in my car. I'm ready to hoop wherever I go. You've always had that energy, man. Like, you know, like you don't really meet a stranger. Like you've had that quality about you all of the time. Like that's why we gelled. That's why we vibed, you know, like first off fast friends, you know what I'm saying? Through it all. What part of Mexico were you in? Uh, I was in a, like, uh, do what? The basic part, like what Southern America, like Tulum or some Cabo San Lucas type bullshit. Nah, I was actually, uh, man, I was probably 16 years old, 17 years old. We were still in high school. Um, and my dad sent me on some bullshit trip, uh, to go try to like, I don't even know. I, to be honest with you, it was just a group of us kids, like, you know, that were, uh, maybe not in the right headspace uh, at that point in our lives. So he sent us on like with some church group, um, to Brownsville, Texas, I think. And then we went over to Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico. And it's probably the most poor, impoverished area I've ever been in in my life. And, and you know what, like as much as I didn't want to go, like it put things into perspective for me, Mm -hmm. um, just to, just to appreciate the little things, you know, I mean, like you said, before we go way back, you know, you mom, you know, my mom died when I was young. My dad worked really two or three young. jobs, staying very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have an understanding of, you know, what I had was actually good, even though I didn't really have anything. You know, the hand-me-downs were what it was, and, and I was cool with that after I came back from Chihuahua and realized uh, how people really have it. Mm-hmm. Now, this was back in the day. Shout out to your dad, by the way, man. I haven't seen or talked to him in a dog's age. Yeah, it's been a minute. I'll tell you what, man. He retired finally uh, like three months ago. Did he? And he's, you know, 66 now. So he retires finally. Okay. And then about two weeks two weeks later, I get a call, and he's like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm going back to work. I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, so let me ask you this. Let, so let me ask you this. Because I was hoping that my dad, when he retired, he he maybe retired two, three years ago now. He's 60 years old now. Man, these guys are getting up there. They're seniors. We'll be there before long. (laughs) I know. We got to get it in. So um, (laughs) I got a lot of shit to do. And it ain't going to stop there, right? So this is where I was getting at. Um, I was hoping and praying that my dad interpreted retirement not as inactivity, but now he can, like, he's able to move about the world the way he wants to move about it, see what he wants to see, do what he wants to do. When he wants to do it, every day is an adventure, unchecked, unmitigated by responsibilities for real. He had, like he doesn't have us young whippersnappers to deal with. Our foibles, our trials, we're grown. It's just him and his lady. Again, once more, the world is his oyster. I was hoping that would be the case. Man, he's he's doing intermittent fasting. He's fasting. I got him doing that shit, <laughs> bruh. Yeah, my dad. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> dog. Like he's at his all time slimmest. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like when like Look usually around. like you be at your all time fattest. He's at his all time uh sl- like slimmest. He's uh svelte, very streamlined, he's very form fitting with these form fitting tailored suits, no hand me down Bobby Boucher suits. Nah, he ain't playing, man. He ain't playing. <laughs> he saw this as life like the second half, like it's yeah. zero to zero. You know, like a halftime when you're getting your ass beat in a football game. We went to Simon Camp. We're used to that. Marksbury gives the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the like comeback speech. And yeah. he's like, hey, fellas, and you know this. You know this. It's like, nah, it's zero to zero now. 
it could have been 49 to nothing going into the half, but not 0 to 0. Mine, fuck. A mentality switch is 0 to 0, treated as such. And I think that that's what Pops did. Like, he's just living his life. He's having a ball, having a good ass. Yeah. All things. Yeah. Considered. So that's it. My dad, my dad kind of took that route. Minus, okay. he said to hell with uh, losing weight. He, <laughs> he, he was on the kick there for a while, man. He got he got thin too, and you know my dad's a big man. He's a big uh, dude. He's what like six five, six six. Yeah, and uh, he's probably he's probably walking around at like two fifty, two sixty. He's he's like he's got the frame. Yeah, I mean he's he's a big fella. Yeah, but he got down. He got down to like two twenty. He was looking good, man. And then he was just like, you know what? Like, I like I like pie and ice cream too much. He went right back to it, and he I don't like care. fitness enough. Like that, he he didn't add to it, and I don't like fitness enough because you can eat that exactly. shit, man. But just burn that shit up, and then it's cool. <laughs> he looks at he looks at work as his fitness, so he delivers copiers, right? Okay, and uh, he, he's hauling these things up and down steps, and he's you know to do that in your mid sixties, I guess is is some kind of feat. But uh, but yeah, like he uh, he's not putting your overtime in anymore, so he's taking his time to travel. Um, lots of cruises. He's heading to Australia next year, so. Um, good for him because I never thought I'd see the day where he started to uh, head out and, and uh, enjoy or embrace new cultures. Okay, so that's beautiful, man. Yeah, I was really hoping. I'm like, man, like retirement don't mean because, man, you see so many people just come and go and had never really lived to begin with and then it's over. And like, you know what I'm saying? They was born like, I don't know. There used to be a stat where the average person, like they were born and they died like, 20 minutes or miles i'm not sure which one came first from the place that they were born and i'm like damn they didn't see nothing and this whole thing was put here just for them like this was the gift this environment the change of environments the ability to move means of conveyance flights train rides you know what i'm saying swimming you know what i'm saying (laughs) all of these things these means of uh, conveyance um us being able to like master certain mammals that would allow us to travel, uh, deliver mail. Like, everything was built upon everything else that came before it. Um, and and we just kept stacking these Lego blocks up. And now we have some, like, we have a structure. And so I was hoping that, you know, my parents would take advantage of this. Like, in their generation, they would be the ones that start to, like, when they retire, it doesn't mean the same. It doesn't mean work no more or move. And then, or if it does mean work no more, now it's switched over to like the work that they want to do now. It's their stuff. It's their activities. We won't even call it work. Call them activities, adventures, you know what I'm saying? Trips, you know, you have no one to answer to. Definitely continue to live. But a lot of people just didn't. They just retired to the seat, to the couch, remain seated. Their body shuts off. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not being purposed. And so they start having health issues and then yeah. they show themselves the door, existentially speaking, you know? Yeah. We had this conversation a lot. I always tell my dad, I was like, if you do retire and quit working for good, make sure you stay active, whatever you do. I said, cause the day you stop the day you're, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like you were saying, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it's, it's retirement was different because the means of getting around was different. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just a swipe of a plastic card away to going anywhere in the world. Um, you know, and, and it with at a at a financially responsible number. Um, so at, these days, I mean, you can get a flight anywhere in the world for for a decent price, and and you know, you're just a few hours away. And I so, think- 
So yeah, so I mean, just getting around, like you know, it's not you're not pulling a you're not you're not driving a station wide pulling an airstream taking 15 days to get across the country. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that these uh, these 60 year olds are way different. I think that yeah. we actually evolutionarily speaking, I think that they actually leveled up. Like this 60 is different, man. I don't remember like a 60 year old like my dad, and I'm sure you don't remember a 66 year old like your dad. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Very sprightly, still full of life. You're like, I, I just don't feel like you're on the back nine quite yet. You yeah. Know you know, saying? you hear people all the, day say, all the time say 30's a new 20, 40's a new 30, well, 60's a new 50, or 60's a new 40. I think it really new 40, like the way that they're moving and thinking. Yeah. Like My dad, like he's really inspiring, man, um, because he wasn't the kind of guy that would be doing this shit, have any interest <laughs> in it. It was like, nope, I'm retired and I'm not moving no more. <laughs> now, this was when he was working. When I retire, I ain't moving no more. I ain't doing shit. Well, he added to that mix that I don't want to do. Now he's just doing all of the shit that he wants to do. He's always busy, but he's just building stuff. Uh, he's getting his Bob Vila on, his Tim the two-man Taylor on, <laughs> just putting shit together. He's like, yeah, yeah. he's just sending me uh, like text messages. I just built a pergola. I didn't know what that shit was until I... <laughs> I'm like a pergola. He was like, I, I didn't know what the shit was or how to pronounce it until I was like, what is a pergola? Oh, this is how you build it? Bob the Builder yeah. style. You know what I'm saying? He got a pergola in the back. He had revamped the house and shit. I was like, bruh. Hey, it's no longer the grumpy old man. It, it It's not Walter Matthau and uh, Jack Lemon. No, it ain't grow. Because <laughs> they were probably, bro, they were probably like 60. Yeah. 70 tops. And yeah. they weren't, these two, like, these organisms ain't the same. Like, no. they're in a whole different kind of shape. No one gave a shit about fitness back then, except for Jack LaLanne's rest in power. He was the only one. Yep. The only old dude yep. still trying to do, like, young shit and stay in shape yep. so that he ain't no washed-up-ass old dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The mentality's changed for sure. Yeah. And it's appreciated because it's only going to continue to change as we get older, too. So can you imagine what it's going to be like when we're 60? Bro, I hope that I'm in a cryogenic kind of freeze. You know what I'm saying? I just exit like <laughs> Fry from Futurama looking fantastic still. Feeling, yeah. feeling good. Uh, yeah, you know that'd be ideal. Ideal. I understand that that won't be the case. But damn it, I'll, I'm trying to get as close to that as I can. Fuck it. I ain't, I'm not about to not try. So yeah. I'm like making those investments now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not like, oh, I'm young. And then I'm going to, I'm you know, just run myself into the ground. Now, because I can, it's like, nah, man, your body has a memory. It's just going to remember that bullshit you was on when you was 33. Yeah. Well, here's the results of that. Yep. Exhibit A. I'm feeling the results of the bullshit I was on when I was a teenager. (laughs) You know me. I was a Puritan. I was a Puritan. I didn't do nothing. I didn't. I didn't do anything. (laughs) I mean, more from a physical aspect. Oh yeah, just the, the, the sports catching up with you. I'm sure football is catching up with you in some aspects too. Like, man, I'm telling you, I rolled my ankles so much playing basketball in high school. It's like some days I wake up getting up and down the steps is a task. Then, yeah. then 15 minutes later, I'm warmed up and I feel good. Well, I just went. I have to warm up and shit now too, brother. Um, sometimes, like some days, I gotta warm up. If not, yep, pulling something. And I'm like, yep. damn, bro. <laughs> uh, there was. Um, I went to my orthopedic and spine institute people the other day and they gave uh they had to give me the uh rundown of a couple of more MRIs I MRIs I had. They're like, Yeah, you got a torn rotator cuff there and then you got like 
bulging discs in the cervical region of your spine, and then you got some more bulging discs in the lower lumbar <laughs> region of your spine, probably from wear and tear, but also the accident you were in this summer. So, yeah, that's what all that shit is. I was like, okay, all right. Um, I need to summon the powers of the Wolverine uh, healing factor and probably get back on track. But it, now <laughs> it just don't you don't heal quite as fast. You don't, and you sure don't. You got to take your time. <laughs> yeah, you do. You got to respect your body and get your rest <laughs> adequate amounts. Hydration. And a, a big thing, a big thing I noticed too is like even when even like when you're younger and you're and you're playing your high school sports or your college sports, like man, like you don't recover as fast as you did some years prior, or you don't recover you know that fast in general. But you have trainers. You got people taking care of you. And then nowadays you don't have that. <laughs> you just don't like you got a you got a Tempur-Pedic and like in in a in a hypervolt like massage gun. That's it. <laughs> the rest is on you. Yo, we used to have it made. I think about what I didn't have to think about back then as a kid. Bro, I separate my shoulder in the football game. It's all good. Nick Repka's pulling up. And they slide me off to the side. We're going right into the trainer's office. Got all the technology of the time. We got the STEM unit machine. I had to buy that shit on Amazon myself. Learn how to yep. use it. Right? I had to do that. I, I didn't have to do the ultrasounds and the biofreeze on my own. Nah, they did all of that. Put me in an ice tub. You know what I'm saying? Hooked me up to the unit to, uh, to get my muscles to jump and shit. To work that out. Now, I had to come up with my own therapy uh center out so, so during this quarantine and over the years i've built up my physical therapy center because i because i still train like a psychopath yeah not i mean i've been going easy now because i got to because of what happened but um i have the same mentality bro i train like i'm trying to go to the nfl <laughs> still hey. so i gotta be super careful yeah like you know what i'm saying and i definitely have to focus on recovery and I also got to train properly and right. I got to do it right. I, if like if not, I'm fucking myself up. And I ain't I ain't just about to bounce up like a ground ball. I'm about to just heal yep. up and take some time off. And I'm like, well, I don't want to take all the time in the world off. I got to still train. So now I train in a way that doesn't require crazy amounts of recovery. So now you're in your mind. Now you're all about the mind. I'm training my mind up so that my body's cool. Yeah. Because if you have a weak mind, you're gonna train and push your body in a way that is just going to lead to injury. And so, yeah, man. So I got, you mentioned the hypervolt. I got an Aloran massage gun. So I'm just beating my muscles to death after I train. I'm like, man, I need to be cool for like for tomorrow. So bye, 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 bye for like 15 minutes. I'm stretching. Dog, I'm stretching for 30 minutes. That hypervolt gun, like the massage gun, we didn't have this as children. We could have used it. We didn't know what sure, muscle sure. knots were. We didn't know what that shit was. Science didn't know what it was. Exercise physiology didn't like that. Like they didn't know what them knots were. We didn't know. Trigger yeah. points. People always, people always say they're like, "Why are athletes so much better these days?" Well, that's the start of it right there. They have yeah, every yeah. fucking thing in the world, man. Like they, like the ways they they can take care of their body nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like you play football on Friday nights when when we we're in high school in the early two thousands. Like next Friday, you're still beat all to hell. Beat the shit. And then you got like nine more games. Now they can play Friday. The next Friday, they feel like they didn't even play. It's like it didn't happen, dog. And like, yeah. bro, if you get a bum knee, like like a bum knee now, you cool. In fact, you know, uh, Tony Ferguson shredded his shit, got surgery, 
And like six months later, it was like it never happened. He beat the shit out of whoever he fought. Yeah. I think it was Edson Barbosa. It's crazy. He shredded his knee. I'm talking about ACL, MCL, PCL, yeah. LCL. Yeah. If if there's one of those inside of your knee. Kneecap yeah. was backwards. All that shit. He bounced right back. Man, speaking of torn ACLs, what about Saquon today? Are you kidding me? Man, I see no football. I reckon he's a football player. Saquon Butler or something. <laughs> Tours ACL. How you going to do it, man? That's got to be the worst feeling in the world, man. I've never done that before, man. I've torn my meniscus in uh, Kung Fu, but that's not it's, that's not a big deal. Your ACL, just to be I can't on, imagine. Yeah, just to be one of the uh, the best backs in the league and you're, you're behind some shit line like the Giants have and you tear your ACL, man, that's got to be it. That, that, I'd be sick to my stomach. You know what, though? Check this out. To the point that you just made, I mean, he about to be right back, like it, oh, yeah. like he never left. Hell, uh, Adrian Peterson was right back. You know what I'm saying? He had the best, the uh, he had a world record setting like a, a NFL history making season after that. He he rushed for like yeah. 2,300 yards, like yeah. a man possessed. I mean, Alex Smith, are you kidding me? I can't even believe he made the roster for Washington. Man. The guy, the guy almost died when he broke his leg. All the infections and stuff. Man. Almost had amputated. And here he is, like you'll never play again. Here he is making the roster this year. That's insane to me. I'm telling you, you, rem- you remember uh, Booby Miles? He like he, yeah. He was a star running back. This like this is a fictional character. Audio listeners, Booby Miles. He fought his knee up, and it was over. There was no discussion on how they was going to rehab it. That, like, like there was no discussion on uh, alternate therapies. Talking to Doctor Neil Reardon. In Panama to get the stem cells or flying to Germany to get the Regina King treatment, which is getting your own blood plasma spun in a centrifuge so that it separates and then heating that shit up because that's the most effective way and then injecting your own shit back into your kneecaps and then that shit just healing itself up like it never happened. No, you was just done. If you twisted your knee, you were done. And and you had to (laughs) switch to light duty and like work at a damn, you know what I'm saying? Used car dealership. And just talk about how 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 shit used to be, and then you just doing fantasy football like the rest of the regular regulars. I'm telling you, yep. but now Saquon about to be right back. Yeah, I hope so for the sake of him. You know what I'm saying? Plus, I'm sure he will. Hey, I mean he ain't got to worry about you know shit. I'd rather be on the couch right about now anyway with my millions, COVID free, because they about to. Yeah. I mean they about to shut that shit down. Not get my head knocked off every weekend behind some shitty offensive line. Yeah, I mean, and it'll give him enough time. I think that the window of recovery for him will allow him to dodge all of, like, those guys are really exposed out there right now because in football, it's 90 motherfuckers on this side and then 92 motherfuckers on that side. It's too many cats just sitting there, and you can't really distance unless, like, you got half of your staff sitting in the stands because – you know what I'm saying? They're not playing in a bubble like the NBA. They're not in the bubble, like man. The NHL, like they're traveling. Yeah, like they're traveling and they're in piles. Well, that yeah. equals some motherfuckers getting it and spreading it super easily, and then they're gonna shut the shit down. Enjoy yeah. it while it lasts. I hope that people sure. enjoy it while it lasts, but you know that shit's that's got a shelf life. Because sure. like they're not taking the kinds of not that I've noticed the kind of precautions that uh, the UFC is making or made. And then the same kind of precautions that uh, these other sports are making, especially the NBA. They probably broke the mold with that bubble shit. Yeah, for sure. 
yeah, the NHL is doing the same thing. So mm. good for them. They even had, uh, I think I was reading yesterday or today, they haven't had a single COVID case. Uh, the NHL is not correct. And they're in the Stanley Cup finals now, so they've been doing this for, what, like two months? Wow. That's right. Pretty astonishing. I hear that the Dallas, man, me and Tyler, y'all, uh, audio listeners, me and Tyler used to uh, make a routine of going to the Cincinnati Cyclones games on what yeah. nights? What nights were those? It was the Cyclones, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Still, they still play, man. They got the uh, that's okay. the best bang for the buck entertainment in Cincinnati for sure. You put me on, man. I was like, yo, this is a whole new exciting world. Like, this is a brand new way to enjoy Cincinnati. And it's just going to Tuesday night, $2, $3 beer night, uh, hockey games, watching cats beat each yep. other's ass. Yeah, they still do. They still do dollar beers and then two dollar tall beers. Yeah, and man, it's just a fast paced game. Get up and down the ice. You watch people get. It's like watching football, but with pace. Yeah, and fighting. And fighting. That was that was the shit. No, yeah, it's like a thirteen dollar ticket and dollar beers. I mean, twenty dollars, you had yourself a night, bro. When you were dropping, bro, that man, that shit. That night would cost you about hmm two hundred and eleven dollars out here. Shit. Going to a Kings game, and then you, dude, there's a club inside the arena. Hyde is right over there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, man, yep. I'm staring right, I'm staring money right, right in the nostrils right now. They about to tax yep. me somehow, some way. Somebody's going to want to do some extra shit downtown where it's super expensive to do shit. And I'm like, oh god. Yeah, that's the nice thing about being uh, being here in, in the Midwest is, uh, man. It's cheap. To, it's cheap to enjoy yourself. The proper valuations of shit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's cheap to enjoy yourself for sure. I mean, it definitely has its downfalls. It is the Midwest. Yeah, you did mention that um, at the jump. You were like, I mean, there's zero to do, but hey, it's inexpensive to do. I'm like, yeah, you ain't got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, like I said, I go to the same bar all the time. I'm I'm a regular. I'm turning into that guy. Which one do you, if you care to divulge this information? No, Lack Lackman. Lackman, Blackman, Lackman. Shout out Lackman. Shout out to Lackman. Okay, okay. That's the that's the spot. Yeah. I was like, I mean, don't tell. I was like, do you go to one bit? That's the only joint that I've been to in Over the Rhine is one bit. Sixteen bit. Oh shit, my bad. Sega. The arcade, the arcade joint. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I like uh, I like my patio seating at the uh, at Lackman. I can take the dogs there. They don't serve food, so. You don't have like a, it's just a small crowd. Mm. You get space. I like to have my space there. So you go there yeah. with specific goals in mind. You're like, I don't need food. I had food and I'm here to, now I got it. Hey. Uh, now I got the food in me to soak up all this alcohol. They got a, they got a good bourbon selection. So uh, yeah, I go there and have a couple. What are you drinking? Uh, I usually, I mean, it just depends, man. I mean, it's always a bourbon. It just depends on what I'm feeling. Um, it's usually, usually Elijah Craig or uh, the High West American Prairie. If I'm feeling a little froggy, I'll jump on some Booker, something a little, a little stronger. Have you had some? Uh, all right, so here, my list and my dad's list. See, I don't drink very much at all, hardly ever, especially. Our now. physique shows who drinks and who doesn't. <laughs> Man, yeah, I rarely like it's rare, um, but when I do, I like to enjoy quality. So what I do is I'll do Basil Hayden. Yeah, Basil Hayden's good stuff. Basil Hayden's my shit. Or I'll do, um, what else? Now, my dad and my brother, they're on this shit called Eagle Rare. So I got a, I got a barrel pick Eagle Rare sitting on my counter right now. They stay with the 10-year, yep. 
Eagle Rare. I love it. They love that shit. And so yeah. my dad's done Irish Rose, but he likes the Basil Hayden, and then he loves the Eagle Rare because Eagle Rare is like, it's potent. It's very potent. Yeah. And then he stays with yeah, Angel's, I mean, it's, Angel's Envy as well. Yeah, Eagle Rare is, uh, I think, usually around like 90 to 95 proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to go for things 115, 120. So a little bit, Ooh, little bit stronger. What, yeah. What like, are your goals? But see, I'm not. I'm not out to drink six or seven drinks. I'm drop. I'm one or two. Oh, and you're just so like I'm, not, I'm done. Cool. Yeah, one or two. I don't. I don't need much. It, I just sip on it, right? Like, I'm not. I'm not drinking like beer. It's, it's in a race. You do it to. All right, you man of culture. Okay, this is. I'm, I'm thirty. I'm thirty three now. Before long, I'm, you're gonna you're gonna catch me with a cigar in one hand and a bourbon in the other. <laughs> just sipping. Neat. Neat. Are are we neat now? Oh yeah. That's yeah, what I'm talking neat. about. I, like, I don't do, I don't put nothing in nothing anymore because you don't want to ruin the Basil Hayden with, like, some dumb shit, some rum, um, with uh, Coca-Cola or just whatever the fuck. It's like, no, 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 no. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be, uh, you know, right? You just, yeah, you, you don't know. get those flavors. Like, and that's why I like that orc, that oaky and that, that caramel flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I, it's funny. I had a conversation with the guy the other day. I was like, I don't understand people coming here and get like, they'll get like a Pappy and Coke. You know what I mean? That's like a $40 drink. Just, just the Pappy. I mean, here it is. It's probably a $150 drink in LA, mm-hmm. but then you put Coke in it. He's like, yeah, he's like, I get it, but it's the best damn bourbon and Coke you'll ever have. Like, I was like, ah, just, like, I can't wrap my head around. Like I'm not taking a Nico Tecosudo, which is a Japanese whiskey. And I probably butchered that, but it's Nico Tecosudo. And, uh, I'm not mixing that with anything because I need right. that smoke flavor, but you can't talk about the smoke, like the smoky notes and the characteristics. If you just, you're fighting Pepsi or anything that you, mix you uh, that shit. you like that smoky flavor. Yeah, I dig it. You, so you'd probably like a scotch then, but here's a, here's a bourbon for you to try. If you like that smoky flavor, the high West campfire, inexpensive bottle. It's maybe like 40 bucks, 50 bucks. <laughs> But it's got that bourbon flavor, but it's it's followed up with the with a heavy smoky flavor. Okay, you you would like it a lot if you like that smoky flavor. I don't like the smoky flavor. That's why I don't drink scotch. That's why I don't drink the campfire. But you would like it if you like that smoky flavor for sure. Okay, and then the scotch you got to let chill. So, um, a brother of mine, Eddie Lou, shout out to Eddie Lou. He put me on to. He had a ten year. I want to say it was a ten year or so scotch and he showed me he went through this meticulous process as to how you are to drink and swill scotch it's time consuming in such a way um, where you have these scotch rocks which are like marble and they're chilled you put those in there you don't put ice that way it's not watered down but it's cooled stays cold swill and swill and swill long enough you smell it. You smell it to see if it's ready. If the aromatics are released, he's talking about the aromatics and the releasing of some shit to get all the <laughs> notes, bro. Yeah, this nerdy shit. I was like, man, I I was about to drink it, and I I I guess not enjoy it. According to you, he was like, nah, like you want the full flavor. It sat here for ten fucking years, and I'm like, all right, yeah, good point. <laughs> it took its time. I should take my time to enjoy it. It did work hard to get here. So yeah, I was just sitting there swilling for about five minutes. 10 minutes then it was ready it's like people with their wine they gotta they gotta, they gotta yeah. do one of those. Well, let me see yeah. yeah it's got the 
the oaky tannins. Yeah. I go, I, I go straight for the sip. I don't care about the smell. Mm. Yeah. I was like, cause those are the same olfactory senses really. Like if you can taste it, you're smelling it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? For sure. Man, it's funny. And it'll change the subject here. I was driving back today from Nashville and, uh, I was like, man, I knew we, I knew we were going to be chit- chit-chatting tonight. So I was talking to a kid while I was down there. Um, he just moved there from LA mm. not long ago, maybe like last year. Uh, I mean, he was talking about how everybody goes to LA and then you either see them when they get older because they didn't make what they wanted to do or they didn't do it themselves what they wanted to make of themselves uh, or they get out of there in like two or three years. And I got to thinking, I was like, man, you know what? Like, I feel, I feel blessed to know the people that I know that have moved out there that are doing something themselves. You got you, you got Joseph, and you Jordan's out there a lot. I got some other homies out there. And it's just like, man, like, it feels good to know that people actually went out there and and dug deep into their talent and and uh, they're making things, making moves, and making progress, bettering themselves, making change. And so I just want to throw that out there real quick because I thought that was uh, I thought about that a lot. I was like, man, I was like, you're one of those guys who just who moved, who got out of uh, L.A. because you weren't doing with yourself what you wanted to do, but maybe you didn't push yourself hard enough. But then you see people like you and Joseph. And they're out there doing their thing and uh, making shit happen. My brother, I really appreciate that, man. It means a whole hell of a lot. People don't even know the half of the story that leads to the man that they see before them today. So many trials, so many tribulations. But I don't regret a single move I've made, choice I've made, or moment that I've had and I've been able to create because like the kind of people I've met the kind of experiences that I've had, this is all a part of the tale. This is all a part of the story. And I continue to write chapter by chapter, line by line. Um, the narrative continues. The saga continues. And um, it's just beautiful to see you doing so well. And it's, um, and you guys always believe that we could, like you always believe that Joseph and I could and would. And so like, you better believe that a part of that, a piece of everyone who's be- who who always believed in us and had high and has high hopes for us that fuels us as well. Um, I've always had this kind of um, perpetual flame, like something that just burns inside of me, uh, regardless of um, this motivation or that motivation. I don't tend to depend on my environment or people's validations to. Um, inspire me to do what I want to do. I I've always had that, but you better believe that any little bit, anything extra helps, you know what I'm saying? And I know that you're always looking out for us and always like you have the highest hopes for us. You have the highest level of belief in us and our abilities. And we carry that everywhere that we go. I mean, I'm not trying to speak for Joseph, but I do know that he carries, um, the vibes. Like we just collect vibes. It's all about the vibes, man. And you, always be sending them my way and his way you've always championed us and i just want to thank you for being who you are man for real for sure man absolutely but you know i mean it's always a grind right like whether you know the support today or not like uh, it doesn't need to be conveyed verbally always mm-hmm. uh, but you just know you have people in your corner right like and that's the biggest thing like and and, and you just got to keep pushing and and for me it's like you remember you remember coach herbs Jesse Herbst, shout out to Jesse Coach Herbst. Herbst. <laughs> yes, man. Hey, that man, 
<laughs> hey, he's the man who did it for me, man. Like psychopath. He pushed me, he pushed me through school so hard. Mm-hmm. And like I still run into him once in a while. How's he so doing? He man? Head, he's he's back at date now. He's running the he's running their football program. The Roadrunners? Yeah, he's just trying to turn things around for them. Back to his alma mater. He's so full so, of heart, man. Like he's got this interesting positivity like about him, like a lunatic, you know, like he that uh, frenetic energy. But dude's a loony. He's, sure. he's a loony, but he's such a positive person at the same time. He's such yeah, a good dude, man. But yeah, he, he always puts me to be better. And uh, I attribute a lot of, of what I've been able to do with my life to him. Um, because, you know, it's easy to get lost when you're 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, 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 he changed that course for me. He, he, he created a new path that I didn't realize was there. But, yeah, he was uh, definitely, definitely a lunatic, man. I'll never forget football practice when uh, – uh, what's the kid's name? Steve Atkins playing <laughs> linebacker on second string. Steve. Wouldn't fill a wouldn't fill a gap, and Coach Herp's like got just pissed off, and he's like, "Let me show you how to hit a fucking hole." When no he steps in there, no pads on. <laughs> I think I think Jeff Hardy runs through the middle, and he just lays him out. No stands pads, up like bro. blood running down his forehead. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, he like head. Like, Coach, you are crazy. But yeah, I mean, like first period, he'd be like, he'd be like Tyler. I was, I was uh, what do you call it? Pure tutor, or whatever it was, in his class. He'd be like, take my car and go get me a can of dip and some McDonald's. <laughs> oh, like, right. oh, the Mazda 3? <laughs> yeah. That was the I'd be sleeping shit. on the trainer's table. <laughs> yeah. Bro, when he laid out Hardy or whoever, I was like, oh, my gosh, with no pads to prove a point. That was my guy. He like, had, bro, hit him with an E Honda headbutt. <laughs> it was like, yeah. it was like. Perfect. <laughs> yep. It was, hey, school's a wild time, man. It was a wild time. I think, I think it was for all of us. Yeah, but, trying to man, it's it, a, out. it molded it molded us. I mean, man, I, I know uh, we we'll, we'll get on topic a little bit, I guess. But you know, I mean, the school we went to for everybody who doesn't know is uh, not the most um, diverse school in the country. That's, That's for damn sure. Diverse town or state? <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing nothing about where we grew up was. Yeah. But man, like I've never seen some people go through stuff that the likes of you and, and the Nevels went through. Uh, Dan, like it's, it's, it's an unfortunate feeling or an unfortunate, um, environment that, that, uh, I was there to witness the things that I witnessed, but I'm very fortunate that I was able to, because in this day and age, it it gives me perspective on, on what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was able to see things that a lot of people weren't unfortunately fortunate enough to, to witness. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I like there, there's a lot about the town that uh, that was shitty, but there's a lot that that opened my eyes to what the world is really like. You know, it's interesting as a grown man now, as as a man of the tender young age of 33, I see things a little differently in that I go back to an adage, something that one of my favorite rappers, if not my favorite rapper of all time, Currency, Spitter Andretti, shout out. I shout out that brother probably just about every damn episode, but <laughs> he always says, if I wouldn't have been that, then I wouldn't be this. That's right. So succinct, so simply put, so G. Just keeps it capital G at all times, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think about my experience, my experiences, I should say, all of that were the key ingredients to me becoming the person I had to become 
to live the life that I knew that I wanted to live and exceed expectations. Not that I was living to please anyone else but myself, you know, selfish in that regard. Yes. But I was going to keep on keeping on one. My family instilled that in me too. As a black man, I had no choice but to do quadruple the amount that anyone, any, any, like any one of my peers we're doing because again they can be mediocre as fuck and you know this you see it they could be mediocre in whatever they're doing and they can move about the world pretty swiftly yeah i i, I gotta be great yeah for everything sure. that i have to do has to be fantastic it's got to be on point i've got to come correctly and so i spend my life honing my techniques in secret honing my like having you know y'all y'all like you're done practicing i'm not you know what I'm saying? I, I'm I'm running bleachers after I ran track, and it went from track, did the track workout. After the track workout, football practice. After the football practice, running some more bleachers for both football and track. And then after that, I'm going into the the gym, the workout um, room, to lift some more weights and work on some things that I've been doing some research about because I was always a mad scientist when it comes to my physicality and when it came to my body's development and my athletic development. And that stuff holds true today. I'm still a mad scientist when it comes to all that shit. That's why I got a sauna uh, at the crib. I got the whole gym built up, kettlebells galore, wall bags for the kung fu and all kinds of shit to optimize my body. And I got the STEM unit, you know, the portable shit. Like everything that I do is for optimization. Like optimization because I can't afford and I refuse to allow myself to come short doing nothing right. like just because I can't act like anyone owes me anything either. I just got to make it clear without a shadow of a doubt that I belong here. Yeah. Period. You know what I'm saying? And I don't owe anyone an explanation. I want what I want out of my life and I want to live it the way that I do. And so I move and that stead, not no, I'll, I'll show you. It's like that's just going to be, that'll just be the result of everything that I've done. But I'm not playing the result. That's just going to happen. People who yeah. may have hated at some point in my life that I didn't notice because I was always just walking down my path, focused. I wasn't worried about anyone on the periphery whatsoever. But if that's a byproduct of just me living my life, then that's fine. But yeah, man. I mean that shit just bounces around in my head, man. Like a Windows ninety five screensaver, just boing, 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 boing. Just if I wouldn't have been that, then I wouldn't be this. So, um, and I you take those like, experiences and I just apply them to now to give it context. You know, you not being able to be mediocre um, to to get the same respect that other people got, and you having to be great to to get that respect and to make it through life translates so greatly to adulthood those people who were able to be mediocre 15 years ago and and you know get through life or get through school or get through whatever it was with ease um those are the same people who are doing the same shit they were doing 15 years ago Mm. the regular as fuck now yeah Yeah. i mean nothing's changed you know what i mean nothing's changed so that's uh man like it's it's i mean I, i say this i say it all the time like if it wasn't for if it wasn't for sports or my environment, like I wouldn't be where I am today, just because I wouldn't have had that mentality to grind. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. I mean, every day is a grind. It always will be. Jamie Foxx says some shit, man. He he was on someone's podcast. I can't quite recall 
But his mentality when he was coming up, they were asking him, how just, you're a man of so many talents. You're a renaissance man. What what do you think you owe it to? Like, uh, what is it? Like, what is it about you and your drive? And he was like, man, I couldn't act like I had gifts. And I don't. I work as though I have zero ability, no talents, no gifts, because I don't want to be able to just rely on what I was born with. I want to, again, without a shadow of a doubt, you can't challenge me on shit. It's like, no, I also work harder than you. Yeah. Right. I, I'm not just relying on my DNA and the way the shit was arranged before I got here. I appreciate those things. That's wonderful. But I try not to let that. I try not to leave with what I've been blessed with or just gifted with just out of the box. I'm like, nah. I'm customizing. I'm building. For sure. I'm upgrading. I'm working. I work so hard constantly. I'm always thinking about ways to optimize whatever I'm doing. Like, if I'm moving about the town in L.A., people probably will see a weird look, like me moving all weird and shit. I'm like, man, I'm doing kung fu everywhere I am. I'm training. I'm always I'm always training, no matter what. No matter what, my mind is in my body. My body is a part of my – like, we're, we're strengthening that connection as much as possible. And I know that my work over here is going to translate to what I'm doing over there. And that domain, yeah. all of it's related. All of it is, is – a part of the ecosystem of improvement and just discovery. And just that's about that. You know, that's what the level up is about to me is bringing it all together. Like it's one thing to be a star in karate and like MMA, uh, you know, for instance. Yeah. That, yeah. That guy, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is a karate phenom. Right. 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 But he better have some wrestling. He better have some of this. He, he better have some solid boxing, some dope hands. Not just feet, because if someone knows how to eliminate that talent of his, neutralize that weapon, what else do you have? Do you have another blade? What are you going to do when your yep. hands are no good right now? You broke both of them on his noggin because you weren't targeting properly. What are you going to do? Well, you got feet, and they still work. What are you going to do? Well, well yep. you better break out that TKD and that Muay Thai. You better do something or just operate in the clinch. You better know. You better know. You better be comfortable wherever this fight is going to take place. And I just apply all of that to my life. I just Life problems, kung fu problems, the same shit. So I have the yep. same kind of mentality. And I take that mentality into uh, my, my career in entertainment. Just uh, me going to set. Me just dealing with people in general. Me in traffic. Yeah. I'm acting like a running back. I got to dodge these fuckers in L.A. They're nuts behind the wheel. Everything's the same. So I'm always training with just improvement in general in mind and Lo and behold, when you're doing this over here, you see the level up over there. You didn't know how you got there. And it's like, nah, I've just been working. I've, I've yeah. just been training. I just stay in the gym, you know? Yeah, man, you got to you gotta be versatile. You got to be able to adapt. Um, nothing's, you know, no two days are the same. No two things are the same. Mm-hmm. So it's the nature of life. That's what makes it so beautiful. And I'm telling you, man. That's what makes it so beautiful, man. It's just like, even, do you ever look back at the, person that you were at, as the man that you thought you was when you was like 22 like you, oh yeah like like you thought like you thought you knew some shit about some shit and you're like man i would have slapped the shit out of myself hey, <laughs> and, and every time i do it it's yeah what the fuck was i thinking like, <laughs> who was i what yeah i had no all idea. the time bro all the time i think about that person now like that person's temper and this and that and i'm like 
man, he was not cool. He he was just not smooth, right? He like he thought he had yeah. balance. He had zero balance, no root. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had the drive. Like that drive alone is what got that person through that phase and into a new and way better one, right? So those intangibles were there. That capacity for greatness or for, you know, for improvement, like dramatic improvement was there. But that person was half baked. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to be, like to just, you know, like to get pulled out of the oven yet. It's like, nah, man. We need more heat. We need more time. You know, it's the yeah. only thing that makes a diamond: heat, time, pressure. That's it. Exactly. Yep. That's life, exactly. right? That heat, time, that, and that pressure. Life. For sure. You know? For sure. The most brilliant motherfuckers have what? Those ingredients. That heat, that time, and that pressure. They sweated. They worried. They had fears. They had doubts. They had to trudge. They had to keep on keeping on. They had to truck. They had to get through all of that shit to get to the them that they knew that they could become. And surpass even that. To which they were even surprised. Like, damn, I didn't know I could do all of this. Yeah. Complacency's a killer, man. Boy. You know, as soon as you feel comfortable, and, shit goes wrong. You know, and it helps to move to one of the most expensive places on the planet because, man, you, <laughs> you'll be outside. Boy, Tyler, you've seen it. You'll be outside so fast. You Boy, it's outside. Like, grand opening, grand closing. You came out here with, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed bushy with hopes and dreams, and that shit was like, make w- two bad moves. and you, you, Motherfucker, you outside. You outside. You're right back to the Midwest. And nah, you outside. Yeah, <laughs> because it's so expensive that I'm sure there's so many cashes like damn I can't even get a flight man it's six hundred dollars I ain't even got that yeah. and then I ain't got the rents like the parents looking at it's like damn man like what am I going to do and they stuck they they outside they up under the yep. overpass uh and and like you're just reminded every day like as soon as you step outside you're like yep that could be me yep yep totally could be me I gotta focus I gotta uh develop my goals, my vision boards, a- anything I can do. Listen to self-help uh, tapes. Uh, I need to focus. I need to meditate. I need to eat right. I need to not drink drink much. I need to hydrate. I need to do everything I can to give myself a chance out here. If not, this place will get you the fuck up out of here. For sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like, I don't like. Whew, I don't know if I can make it in L.A. Hey, man. I mean, you got it's, it's a different type. It's a different type of grind, like, it's it's just I mean everybody's everybody's uh, everybody's working harder than the next person so it's like it's something serious out there. Nah, it's a lot of jokesters, man. A lot of uh, storytellers. They don't even need a campfire. No, they uh, it's a lot of fake work. You know, a lot of people who are fake busy and doing this and that and saying that they're doing this and that. They're not moving much. I I know this because they return to their homes very brief. Uh, yeah. very shortly thereafter their proclamations and their bold claims they get exposed um, you have to have a certain kind of disposition period even out of the box you coming from where you came from you gotta have a different kind of you have to be a different kind of animal not tooting my horn at all but your Joseph's your me's and like your JC's you know like um, people like that who ended up moving out here and uh, you can see the level up and it can take some years, and it takes the time that it takes for you to lay the tracks that you need to lay so that the train can roll down the tracks. Like, you have to lay down the groundwork, the foundations upon which your success will be built. That takes time. It can take years. You have to build the relationships. That takes time, and that can take years. But I was willing, and I was psychotic enough 
to believe in my delusions and eventually that shit becomes true and then you get validated along the way and people just tell you yeah you belong here you're doing just fine the loot will come don't worry about that and when you get through these trials by the worst of times and for me it was my 26th day here not even a month yet. Twenty day twenty six got stabbed three times at a bus stop. I was good to go after that, Tyler. I don't know if you knew that. Nah, damn, I did not know that. So I was good to go because, in my opinion, my humble opinion, that is, I could be wrong, but this is my experience. I could have just went home then and went and went head to hell with that. Then fuck that, fuck you, L.A. L.A. was like fuck you three times, and it was like. I got into a fight, and then, and then it was like I got jibber jabbed three times with a knife, um, and none of my vitals. Praise the Most High, but it was like, in my opinion, that was the worst thing that could have possibly happened. That was probably my greatest fear was someone literally trying to take my life, and I got that out the way. Day twenty six, so nothing else can fuck with me. Nothing else yeah. can bother me. What else could deter me? A bad day? I don't have bad days. I really don't. I have days where I've learned a whole lot more lessons than the one before that. Maybe the one after that, but I'm just absorbing. I'm just learning. I'm discerning. I'm trying to figure this whole life thing out and get better. Yeah, at that shit. It's all perspective. Just like you said, like, you don't, you don't have bad days. You just have days where you learn a whole lot more than you did the day before. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people think, think of those as bad days, man. It's all perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you want to, how do you want to you know better yourself? How do you want to, how do you want to continue to learn? And that, that's what it boils down to. Like, in, like, like you just said, man, it's uh, no bad days. Mm-hmm. What are you up to nowadays? Work, man. Work a lot. That's about it. Work and travel. Uh, try to keep it, man, I say I try to keep it simple. Um, but when I travel, I like to, you know, it's, uh, it's to get out and, and uh, experience cultures. That's really what it's about. You know what I mean? Just continuing to educate myself, fill my fill my brain full of useless knowledge that one day will hopefully become in handy. Um, yeah, just be better. Just trying to be better every day. That's all, that's all I can do. Then is that knowledge useless? I also have a question. You took a puffity do a, a, a puffity do disky um, here a few minutes back. What are yeah. you on right now? I have blackjack. It's it's a. Uh, uh, I don't know what it is. It's a hybrid. Uh, man, you another one. Hey, man. All right, all, right, all right, listeners. Listen, know what the hell you own. Like, know what the hell you puffing. Like, geez. Hey, it's, a, it's a new one. It's a new one. I just copped it like, <laughs> two days ago. No one and I knows just, the I just names. Put it into that. I'll hey, be I'll fine. Man, every time I ask somebody, they're like, uh, I don't know. It's a hybrid. I'm like, well, shit. There's that. It's uh, Lion's Breath, Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Okay. I'm on that blackjack. It's uh, Jack Harer plus. So the parents are Jack Harer and Black Domina. Okay. Black Domina. I tell you what, I've been uh, I've been on some flour lately. Uh, lava cake. Lava cake. So I I reckon wedding cake is a a mother or father is a parent. Uh, I don't I don't know what it is a descendant from. Anything that's cake. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is, but it's uh, is quite scrumptious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Does it have an icing kind of thing? It tastes like a little. Yeah, icing. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very, uh, very shiny. Uh, no, it's it's good stuff, man. It uh, obviously does a trick. Um, 
what I like about it though is like when you open that jar up and you get that first whiff and it kind of just smells like cotton candy. Oh, that's it for me. It does me every time. Okay, so that's like some wedding cake mixed with whatever lava is besides yeah. molten rock. Yeah, I don't know. I asked the homie and he was like, oh, he's like, I'm not sure, man. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to get get right now. It's COVID. <laughs> hey, man, I feel you on that. <laughs> Shoot. Now, we, we got the dispensaries here now, so we're making progress. My pops be up in the dispensaries. I'm like, man, it's a new day. They could just go with shopping carts and everything up in there in Ohio yeah. And get what they need, get the medicine that they need. Shout For out. For sure. That's beautiful. For sure. Is it just medical or is it recreational now there? It's just medical. Um, I, think- I was reading an article the other day about Kentucky trying to go recreationally. They were talking about one dispensary per, like, 2,500 people in a town or whatever. Um, being able to grow up to 10 plants on your own. Just being able to have 10 mature plants and 10 adolescent plants. Um, so I was like, damn, we're, we're making some progress. But you know, like marijuana is uh, Kentucky's number one cash crop. It's not even legal. Man, because they'd be burying that shit in what? The tobacco? That, nah, they'd be in, uh, they're in the uh, damn hills of eastern Kentucky. Appalachia is growing that shit on mountainsides. Mm, that seemed like that was a, what was that? That was an arc in Norma. Bates Motel, where they were like in the mountains and shit, in like Pennsylvania, and uh, in those mountains, in those hills that are hard to get to and access, it was nothing but dudes with machine guns guarding the weed. Yeah, bro. So there's a there's a documentary on. Um, you could probably still find it. It's on. Uh, I think it was on History Channel, but it was about it was about the marijuana crop in the state of Kentucky. I mean, it was informative. It was it was pretty good. Best part about it, Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, he uh he voices the whole thing, narrates yeah. it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I remember your achy breaky heart. May we went on a field trip to like Frankfort, Kentucky, least interesting field trip of all time. By the way. <laughs> that was that was like elementary school. Yeah, wasn't it was, it? yeah. Like you didn't <laughs> enrich our lives taking us to Frankfort. That's the worst city in Kentucky, arguably one of them. So we went down there. And they showed us, like, his Senate seat or whatever the hell he was doing in politics. He had a, a seat. Or <laughs> or was it his dad? I don't know. I don't I remember don't that. I don't know, man. But it was I, I remember going. I remember going. I remember sitting, and they were, like, they were doing having one of their talks or whatever, and they had us sitting in a chair for, like, an hour and a half. And I was, you know, as a, as a seven-year-old, you don't really give a shit what they're talking about or even understand anything coming out of their mouths. So, yeah, that was – um. For for something that's supposed to be educational and shed some light for us, that was take us to the zoo. I mean, holy shit, bro! That it showed us log cabins and where the Shakers and Quakers used to live. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't care about these old white people, man. Yeah. I'm the only black in the damn field trip, and I'm not relating like a motherfucker. I'm like, on these field trips, I don't know if you ever knew, like, ever noticed, I could never relate. I'm like, damn, I'm just learning about the motherfucker that's on a Quaker oatmeal box. He don't look like me. I'm sitting there <laughs> no, learning I mean, about all of these ancient white people. I'm like, oh my gosh. As a kid, I thought it was all the same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't know any different. Yep. The only person who knew different was you, and that's because, for obvious reasons, you're different than the rest of us. Yep. Yeah. I was the only I mean, brother. Bored, we do not look the same. Bro, I was bored to tears. I'm like, oh, man. They're so enthused learning about their peoples. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. 
Hey, I was just happy to be out of the classroom. <laughs> just learning about shakers and shit. Oh, I was oh happy we weren't running. Uh, we weren't doing our mile runs around Beach Grove Elementary. No, that was a good time. You went to Beach Grove Elementary? Yeah. Man, I went to uh, Kenton. Oh, they just, no, I went to Beach Grove. There might have been middle school we went to, because uh, we both went to some of you. Might have been middle school we went to uh, uh, Frankfurt. That's what Joseph said. Um, he started out at Twin Hoffle. Yeah. And then, so I'm guessing he went to Beach Grove. Yeah, yeah I think they, went they all went to Beach Grove. Yep. A lot of cool kids. Yeah, and then I went to Kenton, and then we all assembled like Voltron at Summit View because everyone was trying to go to the cool-ass school. Like, they want to get out of yeah. dirtbag at Twin Hoffle, that old-ass joint. They're like, bro, they got new paint and shit. I'm going there. They got uh, technology. They don't have them, uh, you know, the high school musical bells. Bing, 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 bing. No, no, it was digital. They got a Jim is in a Cracker Jack box. Bro, they got a Jaguar yeah. graffiti. They got graffiti art. So, did you know they're no longer the Jaguars? They had to change that name. Why? I found this out a couple years ago. And if you recall, since they opened our sixth grade year, we voted on what that what that mascot would be. Yeah, so it's fucking like a slap Jaguar. In the face. Just slap in the face. We right? voted that thing in there. Yeah, it's not even up on the wall anymore. I was in there maybe like a year or two ago. I know Butch yeah. Hayes was like, man, I don't, don't got damn, 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 damn. <laughs> Coach Elkins. <laughs> Coach Elkins. Oh, my old man, goddamn, man, we were <laughs> mad as hell. But yeah, I think Joseph went there. It was his eighth grade year. And then yeah. we, we went through sixth or eighth. Yeah. Why in the I remember. I, I need to I never, I never forget. Before basketball practice, I was going into the Annie Caps hot fries. Yo, Ooh. them fries, though. So good. Perfect. I threw, I think I, I texted you and told you I was throwing it back a few weeks ago. I stopped and grabbed some. Perfect. They are perfect. Tell me this. Why in the fuck did they not? Why? How? How? Were, was someone trying to appropriate a Jaguar? Like, did somebody, like, what happened? I don't have a clue. Damn, I wish I, I don't knew. have a clue. Man, you come right out of a comic book. I swear, <laughs> man, we can't have nothing. A Jaguar? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do some digging. I'll make I'll make a phone call or two to see if I can't figure this out. Please. Yeah. Hit, that is, uh, hit up your source. You don't have to. They can remain anonymous. Listeners, you're not about to figure out who the source is, but I really do hope that you do some digging, your due diligence, and come up with something. Yeah, that's a, that's a real slap in the face, man. man. That was the first real big, that's the first real big, big decision I ever made in my life. Bro. Which mascot do I want representing the school that I go to? We never had that kind of voice, like, as youths, as children. Like, we get to choose what's on that wall. We get to choose what reps us, like the animal. Uh, Man, hey. like a pioneer is a person <laughs> by the way Simon a pioneer is a person that's yeah. also not very <laughs> very interesting at all it's like no this is a dude in a raccoon hat yep he's 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 like an ancient bum for sure for sure musket. hey speaking of speaking of middle school bro this you know who I forgot about until just now who's that hey who had the worst breath you've ever smelled in your life Damn, man, you ain't about to do me like that, man. I ain't about to re- <laughs> reveal to you and y'all who in the hell had... We don't need to, we don't need to, we don't need to say his name, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. breath the kick like kung fu and... Uh, Jordan used to always try to get him to chew some gum, and he wouldn't chew any gum. <laughs> you know what, man? It was all, it, it all kind of uh, faulty, uh, factory defect, breath-having-ass kids, though, back then. Uh, we might not be thinking about the same cats. 
We might not be. This was a teacher. He taught uh he taught uh, the computer class. Oh damn, dog. That was immediate. Oh <laughs> shit. Oh shit. Hey. <laughs> damn, Tyler. Hey, That's crazy. It's like you know, you know in the cartoons or the comics when somebody bad breath breathes and it comes out green and it's like, a green away. It's a green Ren and Stimpy mist that follows you. Oh no. That was him, man. That was him. Bruh. That, that was him. Hey man. Like the first time that we got introduced to him in that class and he pronounced my name awfully wrong, like Travion <laughs> Trabobinis Trabobinis Man, I'm trying to pronounce this shit, y'all, the way he did. Traviante Trabinsky, some shit like that, man. I was <laughs> duh. It was like I was <laughs> thought about that guy till just now man bro that was uh, seventh grade basketball coach check this out the name yeah yeah he cut me but uh it was like Did he really dog i didn't make that team i got to watch all my friends play the game of basketball with joy and glee and i had to watch from the i wasn't watching y'all have fun i was playing video games man and training he had some broke ass kids on that team too Yep, we they shall remain nameless, but hey, they had hella work ethic and worked hard. They didn't have natural talents and, and the ability to move effectively in space, but man, they sure hustled hard and did a lot of hard work and stuff and showed a lot of heart and gut and grit, and that's how they make basketball teams as kids when athletes get cut, pure athletes. Hey, maybe maybe that's why I made a team because like like we talked about the other day, I was the most fleet of foot. Tyler, this is how mediocre motherfuckers, and I'm not calling you a mediocre motherfucker, but people who ain't fleet of foot, but <laughs> hustle hard and and will have the balls and cojones to die for the ball, face first, mouth first, straight into the cameras. Them kids are passionate. They're not thugs, and they make basketball teams when they're kids. Now, when the men are separated from the boys, um, when you graduate middle school and it turns into college, because high school, like, they'll fuck with you for the first two years, JV. After that, when it's varsity, you'll never play again. You'll never play yep. again with your, with, like, with your non-talent. You'll never fucking play again because like, yep. this shit don't fly. The stakes are too fucking high in college and way too high in NBA. Like, there's yep. finances involved. Like, sit your sit – Patrick Sparks ass down somewhere unless you could do nothing but like a sniper hit dead shot three pointers all day that's it and sometimes that ain't even enough like you gotta be Kyle Corver. you gotta be able to move was, a little bit that was my saving grace like I might not have been I might not have been the quickest guy on the court but you was knocking I was down and it's funny like that that still follows me I ran into uh I ran into Ben um Maybe like right before COVID, Neville's been, and uh, we was talking football, right? Because he's coaching, coaching one of the schools right here now. Yeah, he's, and uh, uh, he's a Holmes, yeah. Yeah, he's a Holmes. Shout out to and, uh, So yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a Holmes. Chris is my attorney. We're trying to do something for them right now. But uh, man, it's crazy because I hear somebody at the bar, and uh, I keep hearing shooter, shooter. I'm like, man, fuck, keep yelling shooter. Come here, I turn around, I see Ben, his big hair standing over there. I'm like, oh shit, it's Ben walk over there and I was with uh, I was with some friends of mine who I never like hooped with they don't even know me back then so like 
he starts telling him stories. He's like, man, my dad, he was like, we were at dinner last week, and he's still talking about it. He's like, y'all ever see Shooter anymore? That kid threw it out from anywhere. It always went in. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, I ain't been this flattered in probably 10 years. I appreciate that. <laughs> bro, I wish that I saw the hoop as largely as you did, bro, because you was like, I'm like, man, that, man, that hoop is like an ocean to this dude. Like, the hoop is extra large. It's like four times the size of mine is. My hoop is small as hell. I got to try to get the ball in there. I still reminisce, like, sometimes I'll be thinking about it, like, you know, I can't play like I used to, but I'll still be thinking about it, like, games, like, middle school games, high school games. Like, damn, I had a game that day. Like, I remember we played Grant County at Grant County one time. We're down, like, 15. I hit six threes in a row, like, six straight possessions. Like, I still think about that. Like, damn, like, like, where did that talent get me? Absolutely nowhere. Hey, I don't think about that shit at all, no. Oh, shit, I left my... I do sometimes, man. When just I was, can't help it. When I was playing, I mean, I think about football just sometimes, um, every now and again. But I was like, man, I'm just a way better. I'm just, I was just way, I'm just way better now than I was then. So I don't really think of the time where, when I was the least able to do shit. <laughs> so I was like, I was cool yeah. then for then, but I was like, I'm actually way better at stuff now. You know, I just kind of grew physically even. So I was like, yeah, I don't think about that too much. Because I was always yeah. hurt. I was stretching too much. I always hurt on the sidelines with a pulled hamstring or some shit, a pulled growing. I was stretching too much. I didn't know because science hadn't advanced to a point to where they told you, don't stretch all the fucking time. <laughs> but I was always stretching. And then I would stretch even more when I got hurt because I, I didn't think I was flexible enough. And that's why I pulled shit. And I'm like, no, I'm always pulling my own muscles because I'm stretching too fucking much. But exercise science wasn't there yet. No, I wasn't. Man, I, I, the reason I think about it, I think a lot of times because I'm like, damn, I wish I could still do that. Like, I like I miss being a kid, right? Like, being able to act like a kid and just having that kind of like, like, I mean, I can't do it anymore. Like, shout out DJ Corbett. Um, Yo, shout out to Corbett, man. And congrats, brother. Congrats on your nomination. Or did he grab one? Did he nab one? He got a Grammy, right. didn't he? I think he, they nominated for two. Nominated for a couple of Grammys. Shout out yeah, to DJ two. Corbett. And for the new Big Sean album, it was part of that. Yeah, um, was he? Damn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, like, he got me back out hooping a few weeks ago. And, uh, man, we're at it every week now. It feels good. It feels good do. to get back at it. Not being a fat soul, like being a man of purpose. Yeah, man, man it's just like, purpose. I, pr I prefer those things. I mean, you know, like, you've had some injuries. You got stabbed. I've never been stabbed. But I, I broke my arm two years ago, and it still hadn't healed So like, Anything physical, anything uh, sports related is kind of tough for me to do. Um, but I can get out there and hoop a little bit. And, uh, man, it feels good to be able to get back and, and do those things again. I'm telling you, the body responds positively to things that are difficult for it to do. It's like, oh, oh, okay, you can't get up on the box? Okay, let me show you something next week. It'll take some time. But it's going to fortify your bones. It's going to, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's going to make some adjustments. But it's like, okay, you can't get – up on the box now but after a few jumps after a few jumps you might be up there and from there maybe next week we're going to build some muscles up for you so that you can make this easier to do yeah it is crazy i mean the body makes the adjustment you know what though i don't know how much the body makes the physical adjustment as as it does you know when you put yourself in the situations your body makes that mental adjustment i like what you just said just now because that's probably a large part of your shortcomings. It's always the largest lion's share of your shortcomings is mental. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, your technique is trash. So, yeah, like you're not swinging your arms. So now you have to rely solely on the power of your lower body and your legs and shit. 
to just muscle yourself up to this platform. Or you can use peerless technique, explode at the proper time, release at the top, get your knees up to your chest. Like send your knees up to your ears if you can. Yeah. That energy, and then that'll get you up there, right? You didn't waste as much energy. It wasn't as taxing. You could probably do that a bit more. Easier on your knees. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Okay. I, I, you know, all the time. That's all the time for me. You know what I mean? Like, because physically I'm nowhere near where I would ever have been. Uh, you know, not in bad shape, but yeah, it's all mental now. Like, people are like, oh, you know, we run two, three, four games. We're like, I'm done. I'm just like, man, we're just, let's, let's go. Like, let's keep running. Like, what are we like? Y'all just telling yourself you're tired. Right. Man, let's, let's just keep doing this. Like, there's no greater example of that. I mean, there might be some good examples out there, but shit, Kung Fu, me going at it with my seafood, man. Like, there's so many levels to this shit, man. And he's like, I don't know, I want to say like 45, something like that. 45 years old, something. Like, I, I have zero excuses to not be able to, but you, you, like, you know how it is. It's like this in all movies, martial arts related. Like, Mr. Miyagi can't be beat. You know what I'm saying? This is like, it's just something yeah. about it. No one beats their uh, master or C4 sensei. It ain't meant to happen. Because one, they helped design you. They have the blueprint. They drew it up. Like they built you. So they know how you work, how you think, how you function. They know your weaknesses. They know your mentality, how your mind works. Not only that, they have that intel combined with, um, all of the experience that they got that you ain't got <laughs> and you'll never sure. be able to catch up to them in that way because they're still getting better. If you're getting better because now they got someone to train with, that's what my seafood says all the time. It's like, no, like I'm building you so that I got something to train with. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, bro, yeah. he's learning and getting better as <laughs> I do. So it's like, damn. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't do too, but, but, uh, relatability for me is, is, you know, when you're a kid, you try to wrestle your dad, and you're like, "One day I'm gonna get you." Like, one day I'm gonna get you. Yep. And you get and you get old enough where you're like, "All right, I can get you," and you still can't get them because they kept expanding. So, like, <laughs> as their body breaks down and they're not as fleet of foot either, they don't have the speed that they did when they were younger. Like he says all the time, it's like, "I'm not as fast as you, not as strong as you, but be beaten, beaten, just beating your ass. Like, I'll, I'm gonna still beat your ass, like, because they're just way smarter." Way smarter. Yeah. Their minds are eons beyond yours, light years ahead. They know how you think. And then they know and have new insights because you're getting better. So they have to adapt as well. If not, again, um, a person can get overcome by someone's natural or innate ability, their youth at that. You know, if someone's stronger or more powerful or this or that or has the speed advantage, there's only a mental advantage, and that's the greatest advantage of them all. And that's the thing, like, I've been training so hard on my mind, man, because that's the thing that fails every time, right? Yeah. Because if your mind fails, now your body's out of whack, the mind-body connection severed, now you're wasting mad energy. I, I'm, like, rolling with Sifu, I'm like, man, Sifu ain't getting tired, but he doesn't have the stamina or any of that stuff that I do because I have youth on my side and this and that. But why is it that now I'm thinking, if if I'm thinking those thoughts, I'm too slow automatically. So now my speed yeah. is cut in half already because already, I'm thinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my speed is down, and he's calm. I'm not. I'm wasting energy now. My arms are burning now. Now I'm like, oh, shit, my arms are burning now. 
and then it's it's all the mind, man. It's all the yeah. mind. Yeah, when, when, when the physical when the physical gives out, like that's the only thing that gets you through. Yeah, like you know, it it, it can bring that physical back from a uh, from running on empty to to at least a half a tank, right? <laughs> you know? I don't know if you can. Re- so much. You can recover. Yeah, you're right. Like you can definitely like recover. Like you will never get back to 100. percent Like you're not about to get that gas tank back. But right. you can recover and just slow down the descent. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I can slow yeah. it down some so I, so I don't get laid out right here and there. For you know sure. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny we talk about this a little bit, man. My dad still talks shit to me. Does he? Like, still talks shit. Yeah. He'll say, I mean, like, I'll just be sitting there. It would be like Thanksgiving dinner. He'll come up behind me, like, put me in a headlock and just, like, this is your reminder. Like, it's never going to happen. Hey, that's old school, man. Like, Appreciate you, Dad. <laughs> hey, it was mad threats, man. Like, well, I still whoop your ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, just, like, just like little nuances, little reminders here and there. He's got he's to throw them in just so he can make sure that I know that even when he's in a wheelchair, I've got no chance. Hey, man, on some man shit, I'm telling you, on some man shit, I feel it. Like, getting my, just me getting older, I'm like, man, yeah, you know, I look at some of these young whippersnappers, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I still whoop your ass, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, can can you tell me this? Can you whoop my ass? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got the mental minds, man. You, you know, <laughs> you, know, you th- young Thundercats out here think that that you know it all. <laughs> yeah, for you sure, man. Nah, yeah, it's all, it's all here though. It's all it's all mental, man. It's all mental. All mental, man. I think about that too. I'm like, look, man. That's how I'm probably be with my kids, where it's like, uh. You got to let your son know, bro. Like, you got to just humble that kid. Out, out the box, yeah. he might get chopped. Like, you know what? Boo. This is life. This is how life goes. There's levels to this shit. You just focus hard on training and improving and knowing that no matter what you do, right? Because imagine getting to the destination, bro. What else is there? Is there any more improvement? Right. Well, yes. Yes is what I'm trying to teach these motherfuckers. It's like, no, there is. Yeah. Like, you ain't the best. There's always someone better. Even if that's literally not true, you better believe that shit if you are going to continue to grow. Because For sure, again, man. There's Got always you. somebody out there that can deliver them hands and feet via Postmates. Yep. Via Uber Eats, it don't matter. It's coming. It's going to be right at your doorstep. Ain't nothing you can do but just receive that shit. Yep. You know? There's always somebody. There's always somebody. Just always. No matter somebody. what it is. I don't care. I don't care if it's. I don't care if it's if you if you're working in business or if you're fighting or what it is. There's always somebody. There's always somebody. You know what I'm saying? That's why soon soon as Junior come out, chop. Hey, yep. hey, man, it's rough out here, man. You know what I'm saying? I only want the best for you. It's rough out here. You might just get chopped in the neck for no reason. It might seem, but you better be ready. You better be prepared, for sure. polished. For sure, yeah. absolutely, man. Like you got to. If you don't, like you got yours coming to you. Yeah, man. What you got planned for, sure. for the rest of the weekend, brother? Man, get ready for my work week. I took some days off, so uh only gonna work a couple days this week. Gotta travel a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Gonna gonna kick it. That's cool. Take off took off work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So man, I was, well, I was supposed to go, I was supposed to go to North Carolina. COVID things happened. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I was supposed to be in a wedding in LA this week. I told you I was gonna be out there. Um Changed that when that got canceled to North Carolina and that got canceled. So I think it's meant for me to sit on my couch for a few days. I think that you should sit still, man, and just, you know what I'm saying? 
send me your gamer tag if you got a PS4. We'll just be doing that and just be chilling. It ain't the time yeah, to sure. out there and win. So yeah, I'm gonna. But I will be out there. I will be out there in um, I think April. Okay. I'll be out there. So I'm in Joshua Tree for that weekend. The weekend I come out like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or something. But I'm gonna come out on like Monday or Tuesday. Okay, do hit me. Kick man. it around town for a few days. Yeah, I'll kick it around town for a few days for sure. You know we got to kick it, man. Where can the people find you, my brother? If if anywhere. I don't know if you you even want to be bothered. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, um, Instagram, Robin's Hood 2-3. Robin's Hood 2-3. Uh, that's really it. And uh, there's not a whole lot going on there other than my fly fishing excursions. That's kind of my serenity, my peacefulness, where I can go uh, be by myself and let nature heal me. So that's the kind of fishing that you be doing is the fly fishing. Yeah, man. I like to, I like to be in the thick of things, man. You know, um, I like to stand in the water. I like to, I like to see the critters around me. Um, and there's something about the solitude, just putting your bare feet on, on a, on a thing of dirt and, um, you know, figuring out, you know, what your next move is, you know, where life has gotten you to this point and, and how to get to the next place that you want to go and organizing that in your brain a little bit and is bringing you back to reality, centering yourself. And um, probably, you know, that's my fly fishing is probably your Kung Fu. Um, mm. Yeah. Just get you, get you mentally, uh, get you mentally in a good place. Okay. Sure. That's fitting to end it on, man. Hey, Robin's hood 23, right? Perfect. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, my brother, this will be the first of many dope ass conversations that we have on this here podcast. Yeah, we got uh, we got a lot we can talk about. Of course, always, um, you know, some things we talked about before we didn't, we didn't touch on today. But uh, hey, yeah, always something to talk about because it flowed so naturally. That's what I'm saying. I was like, hey, hey, man, don't worry. Like, we ain't got to force nothing. This shit is going to flow where it flows, and it's going to go where it goes, and then we'll get to it because this is a conversation that never ends. Yeah, for sure. So. Man, how how are things in LA, man? How's uh, how are the streets out there? How's uh, how's everything going? You guys making some progress? Uh. Super chill, super chill, because I be indoors. I go to physical therapy and back to the crib. You know, <laughs> um, I really do. I really observe quarantine for sure. I'm staying out the fucking way because I, I got shit to do, bro. I got yeah. shit to do. I ain't got no time for I'll... nonsense. So it's all work related. Like if I'm shooting something, I'm shooting. If I'm, uh, I mean, I'm in here doing podcasts and shit, man. I'm, I'm in my bag creatively. So I keep myself occupied, busy. You know, doing shit in here and just getting better every single day. Um, they are outdoors. A lot of motherfuckers are out here eating in piles. Um, eat, even at IHOP, they're outside. Um, all of the restaurants are outdoors. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, COVID don't like sun. It'd be fucking COVID up. Uh, <laughs> it'd be fucking COVID up on site when it'd be outdoors and they're out in daylight. So they'd be out there flapping in the wind. I'm not an early adopter. I'll wait until it dies down before yeah. I'm outside at fucking restaurants full of, you know, COVID pileups and shit. They can keep that shit, bro. I got hopes and dreams. I got goals. I got shit to do. Podcasts to shoot. Sure. New music to listen to and put people on to. Come on. So, yeah, that's what it is For out sure. here. Yeah. How's, uh, how's everything else going? How's the, uh, you guys making any progress on the, um, on the uh, with the uh, systemic racism type stuff, there they they implementing anything? They they training the police a little bit better so the bullshit stops. Uh, there's definitely a um, a significant push for the um, police reform and that sort of thing. So 
Good deal. They're definitely, and I figured it wouldn't take long out here for that to take root. It takes longer in places um, that aren't, they don't give a fuck about uh, blacks a whole lot more than they don't give a fuck about them here or anywhere else in vicinity. So it's probably less of an upper hill battle, upper hill battle here in L.A. or California. So I think that that reform will be pretty swift. And for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man, it needs to happen. You know, you know, I'm with you on this 110 percent, man. Like, I wish we could. I wish we could put our finger on what that, uh, what that progress looks like. Like, you know, where's that first step? One, like, what's that? What's that tangible item, or what is that threshold that says, all right, first step is completed. Now we can move on to progression number two. That, um, that'll only be something that time will tell, and so it'll take time yeah. in order for us to understand the tell of that tape. Um you'll have to just look back and realize that that was a different time. And I think that that's when you'll know for sure it's a feeling. So you won't see it as a metric. You won't be able to look on a list and go, Oh, we're now at phase two of uh, the ending of systemic racism. It's like, no, it'll be a feeling that we all have and we all share. And if we don't all have and share that feeling, that good feeling about us living together in harmony, relatively speaking, because we'll always be at each other's necks because I don't think that humans are inherently good. I really don't believe that. I think that a hedgehog is adorable, and I think that that thing probably doesn't have malice, you know, or a, um, you know what I'm saying, a hamster. Yeah. But people, we're dicks. We tend to be that naturally. So I think that, again, to your point, when we get to a point to where we just don't have to have these conversations so much, because we have yeah. these conversations now, that'll be around the time where I, when I think that the seeds have began to... Um, sprout into something meaningful and uh, impactful. Yeah, and and for sure, I mean, I completely understand what you're saying. Um, but you know, these conversations are, are things of beauty. They're things that have to happen. I know we've talked about it quite a bit, but um, yeah, man, it's uh, I man, I feel bad. Like I feel like I feel for you guys. Like it's uh, I wish there was something more I could do, uh, you know, to make shit happen. But I'm just me. Like I can I can give my voice. And and I can cast my vote. I can do those things. But I wish I could, like, step in and put my foot down and say enough's enough. You know what I mean? Um, and you can only do that to some extent. And, and I know I told you the story the other day of me and the homie riding around. And he's black. My dude wax. And um, we got pulled over because his license plate wasn't visible because he just bought a new car. And you couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, the cop walked around to me. And I, and I know, like I said, I told you this. So this is news, this is news to you. But cop looks to me and asked me why I was nervous. I was nervous as shit, man. And I had to look at him and be like, look, I'm not nervous for me. I'm, I'm nervous about him. You know, what, what's going to happen to him with all this shit going on? Like, that's like, and that's not a fair feeling for, for me to have. And so I definitely can't imagine that feeling for a black individual to have. That is just, like, it's, it's hard to even fathom that somebody has to go through that, right? Because I've never, I've never physically or mentally had to go through that that was kind of the first time. So for people to say that um, there isn't an injustice for systemic racism, you know, I challenge them to get in a car and get pulled over by a cop, you know, with a black man driving and then tell me how you feel. Cause you, I mean, you see, like you can see and you can hear in the influx in somebody's voice uh, that there's a different type of treatment coming or at least rolling through the, the cycle of, craziness inside of the brain man it's just not it's not good man so to answer your question about what you think that you can do this is a part of that man this is a part of our therapy this is a part of the therapy 
if we can rinse and repeat and let this become a contagion that infects others and they start doing the same shit that we do, investing in each other's time, supporting each other's efforts, understanding and empathizing with each other's plights the way that we're doing, we're vibing right now. This is, this seems like such a minor thing, but this is what's major. This is what's been missing is this. Yeah. This. The conversations have to happen. Yeah. You know, they have to happen. I mean, it's, uh, it seems brother. so simple. It seems so simple, but it's, it's, uh, people make it way more difficult than it needs to be. Just yeah. Show empathy and have a conversation, have, have a sense of understanding. Um, try to put yourself in your, in their shoes the best that you can. I know it's not entirely possible, but mentally you can kind of tell yourself like, all right, like that video I seen the other day, like what if it was, uh, you and your dad were fishing and your dad got shot seven times because he was reaching in his tackle box for his fishing license. And that hit home because I love fishing. And I remember all the, all the time I was on the fishing bank and like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, that was, you know, like, so the people who don't understand it, like think of it like that. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, if you put yourself in those shoes, like, you know, I hate to ask what ifs and I hate to, um, that's one way I live my life is in 10 years. I don't ever want to have to say, what if, what if I did this? What if I did that? But this is then instance where you have to tell yourself, or you have to ask yourself, what if this did happen? Mm. Opposed to you know the what ifs that I don't like. like what if this did happen? And then you then it kind of helps bring things into perspective. It really does. It really does. But, and this is the first yeah, man. of many man between us. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you know how I feel about it, and, and we're always open for conversation. Mm-hmm. And conversation we gonna have. This is the first of many man, and you. Man, like, just a round of applause for this guest, man. Like, you killed it, brother. Like, for real. I really enjoyed my time with you today. Hey, I appreciate you, Giovanni, as always. Man, keep grinding. Keep doing your thing. Same. Same. And I'll see you here soon, brother. You stay safe, Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. Have a good one, Bob. Hey, you too, brother. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. That was a good time, y'all. I really hope that y'all enjoyed that, man. That was my brother. His Instagram is RobinsHood23. Tyler Robbins, childhood friend. We play football together, basketball together. All of that, man. If you guys have any questions, concerns, inquiries, I mean pot at gmail.com. I'm also Monkey D. Trevanti on Instagram. Holler at me. Share this. Spread the love, man. Share the wealth. I love y'all, man. And we'll be back. Asking all your whereabouts on where you sleep They said they just want to question you But me and you know that once they catch you All they do is just arrest you Then arraign you, hang you I don't think so It's a good thing you bounce for now to stay low Once in the blue I check to see how you're doing I know you need loot So I send it to Western Union They probably knock down the door In the middle of the night Sometimes around four Hoping to find who they looking for But they won't succeed All they gonna find is mad empty bags of weed 
but worse, son, you got the projects hiding in hell. Harder for brothers to get they rest in power, prodigy man. They know too much, even the hood rat chicks. Oh, you heard who did what? Rest in peace, P. So stop asking, and I know I'm not going crazy from windows. I see lights flashing, and maybe somebody's taking pictures. You know how that be. Police lovers and neighborhood snitches. They put up a teeth, sweat everybody pointing fingers and lying. Hey, yo, son, the tempest rising. I love y'all, man. Peace. Monkey D. Trevante's out.